This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where Senate President Bill Galvano sits down with reporters for breakfast and a preview of next month's legislative session. The Chick-fil-A was exquisite. State employees get an end-of-the-year bonus. The governor says they will not have to work on Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve. The union that represents those workers says that's a nice gesture, but how about a raise? They're holding a rally today on the steps of the old Capitol building. State economists issue their final forecast before the start of the legislative session. It hasn't changed much since the summer. It's still kind of gloomy. Today on Sunrise, we wrap up our interview with Max Stepanovich, who helped pave the way for the Republican takeover of Tallahassee. Mac the Knife is not happy with the direction his old party has taken. He calls Donald Trump an existential threat to our democracy. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and our update on Florida Man, who can be a real jerk in the toy department at Walmart. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, December 18th. Remember my dinner with Andre? Well, call this our breakfast with Bill. Senate President Bill Galvano invited members of the Capitol Press Corps to break bread and talk shop as he prepares for the legislative session that begins January 14th. Insert Bill Galvano, breakfast with Bill. You know, session's early this year, so we'll be, you all know that, and so we'll be right right back at it uh, in less than four weeks, about four weeks to the, to the day. Uh, I'm optimistic about session. I feel like uh, we're well positioned to be productive for the people of, of Florida. Uh, relationships remain remain strong. Uh, the Senate, I couldn't be more proud. Our, our members are working hard, uh, Republican and Democrat alike, and uh, we have a lot of, lot of talent, a lot of passion, and so it, it should be a, a, a exciting, productive session that we, we have, and you all will ha- have a lot to cover I'm sure. And so, uh, you know, this is, is something that uh, I think is, is an important tradition to get you all uh, together in, in more of a relaxed setting, except for like the 25 cameras that are <laughs> around the room. Uh, and, and just thought we'd take a few moments and, and chat uh, before you see me again uh, in the chamber, actually. So let's tick off some of the big issues for the upcoming session, starting with the governor's call for the use of the federal e-verify system to make sure every new hire in Florida is not here illegally. Galvano says that's going to be a problem in his chamber. The Senate has not come out and endorsed uh, the e-verify proposal as as presented. I've had many senators that have raised concerns about the additional obligations being placed on private employers and private citizens and you know i i think we have to take these concerns seriously and and uh, look at them going forward i think the bottom line is that that no no one and and especially me supports illegal immigration but the enforcement mechanisms have to be looked at globally uh, in order to properly address it. Democrats have filed a slew of gun safety bills this year, everything from banning assault rifles to closing the gun show loophole for background checks. Most of those bills will not pass, but Galvano says some actually have a chance in the post-Parkland era. Yes, and Chairman Lee has has been working on that. I've had discussions uh, uh, with him, and, and uh, you will, will see his committee taking up uh, some of these issues early on in in session and and there is a lot that's in play well, what do you think is possible well I, I think one of the things that's being looked at is uh, the uh, background checks and closing 
particular loopholes that may exist, taking another look at the red flag laws and seeing if there are additional steps that we could take to make them even more effective uh, going forward. They, they've been very successful since they've uh, been, been put into to place. And, uh, and then there, there are some law enforcement components that are being uh, analyzed as well. And let's not forget everyone's favorite controversy, abortion rights. Galvano says this may be the session where they pass a bill requiring parents to consent before their minor child can get an abortion. The uh, parental consent bill, I believe, will be heard in uh, Senator Simmons' committee the first week. I, I think it will, will, will pass. I, I believe it will be successful in, in that committee as it was in uh, Chair Harrell's committee. Do you see changes or modifications to it, or is this kind of a deal where you're just going to pass it as is? No, listen, the, the senators are empowered, and it's important to me that they are, to analyze and thoroughly vet all, all legislation as it goes through. So uh, to an answer your question, th there may be um, things that are proposed to change or, or modify it. I'm just not aware of, of any that are out there right now. But Galvano says the more extreme bills, like the one banning abortion as soon as there's a fetal heartbeat, are unlikely to pass. I, that, that has not uh, had, had any hearings in the, the Senate, and I think probably that's a tougher tougher issue to uh, get through. But of all the issues, Galvano spent more time talking about MCORs than anything else. The Senate president is the driving force behind a plan to build three new toll roads in Florida. He says it's the key to Florida's economic future, while opponents claim these are highways to hell that could lead to the extinction of the Florida Panther. We'll break it down on tomorrow's edition of Sunrise. Some good news for state workers. There may not be any money in the budget for pay raises next year, but they will get a couple of extra days off this month. Governor Ron DeSantis has announced that state offices will not be open December 24th and December 31st. The closures on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve add to the already planned closures on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. The governor's press office issued a statement saying he's proud to recognize state employees for their hard work. But the state workers' union calls it a shallow gesture. A spokesman for the Florida branch of the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees told reporter Renzo Downey of Florida Politics that workers appreciate the extra days off, but the gesture doesn't soothe the wounds over the lack of a pay raise. State workers will hold a rally and a news conference on the steps of the old Capitol building at 11 today just before a bargaining session between their union and state negotiators. The union is asking for a 5% raise across the board, plus a 2% cost of living allowance. State economists have issued their final forecast before the start of the legislative session. It hasn't changed much since the summer. The immediate outlook is good thanks to a strong tourism market and low gasoline prices. But the construction sector is hurting and tourism is not growing as fast as it was. Amy Baker with the Office of Economic and Demographic Research says they're still expecting a slowdown beginning next summer and stretching into 2021. Next up on Sunrise, the conclusion of our interview with veteran lobbyist and GOP kingmaker Max Stepanovich, who paved the way for the Republican takeover of state government. After 30 years at the Capitol, Stepanovich has retired from lobbying and is writing an opinion column for his old nemesis, the Tampa Bay Times. Mac the Knife is a never-Trumper who believes Donald Trump could be the end of democracy as we know it. I am worried about our democracy. I, I know this sounds melodramatic. But I believe that we are at a, what are, what are all the cliches, an inflection point, a watershed moment in American history. A tipping point. A tipping point. I believe Donald Trump um, is an existential threat 
to American democracy as it has existed until now. He batters the guardrails of democracy every day, whether it's a free press, whether it's the very concept of objective truth, whether it's an independent judiciary. Um, he's a dangerous man. And we have a tendency, um, it's called the, it's called the, the uh, fallacy of, uh, well, no, the, the bias of normalcy. Okay. Everybody thinks that, well, okay, he's a little rough around the edges, and but it's really not that different than so-and-so, and what about so-and-so? And so you convince yourself that it'll, this too shall pass. I don't believe that. Wow. So where do we go from here? There is, a, there is um, and this goes back to my open quote, retirement, close quote, and the, the year that lies before us in this election campaign, and if Donald Trump is reelected, the four years beyond that, I have looked for this quote, this story some, online somewhere, but I haven't been able to find it. I remember in my reading in the past that um, at the beginning of World War I, when the French offensive on the Rhine had failed and the Germans were sweeping towards Paris in the West and French armies were being shattered and fleeing, that uh, Foch or someone sent out an order of the day. And it basically said, stop where you are, dig in, and fight. And so the only thing I know to do individually is stop where I am, dig in, and fight. And you've done that by changing your registration. The registration is, um, this goes back to my support for um, all voters vote, the amendment where you have, you know, basically the jungle primaries. Um, computers are wonderful things, and they've done a lot of things. And they are extremely easy to change your registration. So um, about a year ago, on my 70th birthday, I sat down at the computer, changed my registration to independent. I had hoped for a couple of years to be able to stay within the Republican Party and work for change. Uh, I woke up that morning and just could not stand to uh, be in a party that was led by and worshiped Donald Trump. So I became an independent. Um, we have a Democrat prefer uh, preferential presidential primary coming up here shortly. Right. I would like to vote for uh, the Democrat who has the best chance of being nominated and the best chance to beat Donald Trump in November. So I have registered to vote in that primary. When I have done so, I will register again as a Republican to vote against Trump candidates in the fall primaries. And then I will go back to what is now my default registration of independent to vote in the general election. Another NPA, huh? That's no right. party affiliation. That's right. Welcome to the club. <laughs> so what happens with Max Stepanovich now? I can't imagine the Capitol without you. No, I'm going to, uh, I may actually be in the Capitol a little bit more uh, than I have been the last few sessions because I want to stay current on a number of issues. Uh, the reason for that is, is I'm going to be writing uh, a column for the Tampa Bay Times that will appear at least <laughs> twice a month. <laughs> I know. Everyone who covered you as chief of staff is now dropping their <laughs> jaw to the floor. Right. So I'm going to, you know, Nickens, as you remember uh, oh, in the Tim old Nickens, days yep. as a reporter. Yep. He's now the editorial editor. I'm going to write uh, at least two op-eds a month for Nickens. The first one goes up this afternoon, as a matter of fact. And I'm going to do a little in consulting for some longtime clients privately, not, not uh, lobbying, to be able to write those columns and have some facts that might support my many opinions, 
Um, I'll probably be attending a lot of uh, committee meetings on uh, whether it's Amendment 4 or school choice or whatever. So I, I, I intend to be around. Although I have to tell you, now that you're going to be a columnist, you really don't need facts to back up your opinions. <laughs> well, that may be the truth. That's that's the, uh, that's the um, I suppose, the great advantage of being an opinion writer. But I, I frequently use examples that I would like to be correct. Understood. And as far as uh, Tallahassee, you plan on staying here? Uh, oh, yes, absolutely. I... Um, w- I have two daughters, and um, when they were growing up, it was this is a terrible thing for a parent to say. It was not my desire that they become Secretary General of the United Nations or CEO of General Motors or uh, win Nobel Prizes. I wanted them to be near me. So I intentionally undereducated them. I sent them to FSU. <laughs> and... Uh, Lo and behold, both of them live within three miles of my house, and as do all of my grandchildren. <laughs> Thank you for taking a shot at FSU. I usually do that, and I get it all the time from the <laughs> alumni. I'm, I'm convinced the only reason my uh, older daughter went to FSU was to embarrass me. <laughs> I, uh, I, I did it, and it, uh, one of the reasons is, of course, I grew up in Gainesville, and I graduated from Gainesville High School and the university twice, so I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Mac. There's so much we could talk about, but we're running short of time. Sure. Is there something you wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to say yet? You know, I, other than to say that um, it has been um, an incredible experience. I won't say, because it's not for me to say, it would be immodest, that thus far I have lived a life that a man could hang his hat on. But I have certainly had a great time, um, done a great many things that I've enjoyed enormously and would like to think that in some small way it made a difference. I think you have. And as one of the people who traveled that road alongside you, though not always going in the same direction, I always respected you. Well, I appreciate And I still do to this day, despite your, your Macness. <laughs> what did somebody, somebody just said on social media today that if you've never been, uh, if you've never been knifed by Mac the knife, you're not doing it right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Recon. That's exactly. Go recon. That's right. First recon. Hoorah. Yeah. Little secret there. Mac was a, a in, you know, the Army has their Green Berets. They have their fancy folks. The Marines have recon. That's right. That's all they need to say. And you know exactly what it means. That's right. And Mac, you were the recon man for the GOP in Florida. It was. You brought it, them in. You know, um, the only gov- Republican governor who'd been elected since Reconstruction was uh, Claude Kirk, which was largely a fluke back right. in the in the 60s because of some things that were going on in the Democrat Party. When I and Governor, then Mayor Martinez, sat down and looked at things, we asked ourselves, why does Florida go Republican in every presidential election, except Jimmy Carter, who was a neighbor, since, since Harry Truman, but there's no statewide elected Republicans. It just seemed like, it felt like that um, the time was had come. And all you had to do was look over the horizon just a little bit. And uh, Bob Martinez, then mayor of Tampa, had governed very conservatively there. He'd been heavily courted by the National Republican Party, Hispanic surname, large southern city. And so we actually sat here in January of 1983, as I recall, at a restaurant called Brothers Three, as I I recall, out on Tennessee somewhere. Um, And... um, 
we talked about it. I'd written a memo for him. And when I said, you know, basically the premise was that you can win, you can be elected governor of Florida as a Republican. Now, the truth is, Rick, we were so inexperienced that if we had known what it takes to be elected governor of Florida, we would have realized that we could not do it. But since we didn't know we couldn't do it, we just we did it. And you got help from Jim Smith and the Democrats. We got help from Jim Smith. They, they, they savaged themselves in that primary with Paget and Harry Johnston and Jim Smith. They had a runoff that was very meaningful and very bitter. Um, Jim, who was later a co-chief of staff with me in the Martinez administration after he became a Republican. And Secretary of State was yep. appointed by Bob Martinez. We appointed him. Um, stayed home during the... Uh, general election and did not endorse um, Padgett, who was the Democrat nominee. Padgett was kind of a liberal for the times from uh, Jacksonville. Smith represented a lot of conservative Democrats around the state, blue dogs, as they were called in the old days. And his staying home and not endorsing Padgett, uh, Padgett uh, sent a very broad message and was very helpful in our winning the general election. And the rest is history. Florida is now under Republican domination, has been for well, at least 20 years. That was that was a break. That was the breakthrough. It was like the uh, little Dutch boy taking his thumb out of the dike. And the first one through the dike was Max Tepanovich. Mac- well, <laughs> go ahead. That's that's uh, that's very kind of you. Uh, I was in. Let's put it. What I was in the first platoon uh, through the through the wire and onto the hill. Great to have you here, Mac. I can't tell you how much fun it's been. Well, I appreciate it, and it's. Uh, Good to talk to you again. It's been a while. You've been listening to Max Stepanovich on Sunrise. This is Florida Politics. We all know that guy who says he knew Trump was going to win long before election night. Had he known about Predict It, he could have put his money where his mouth was and made a little extra cash in the process. Predict It is like the stock market for politics. You can buy and sell shares in future events and elections, both foreign and domestic. During the 2018 midterms, Predict It beat other national pollsters like Nate Silver in election night predictions, and it wasn't even close. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Sunrise listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Your calendar of events starts with the Northern Turnpike Connector Task Force, which is working on a project to extend the Florida Turnpike from Wildwood to the Suncoast Parkway. They're meeting in Marion County at 9 in the Ocala Hilton. The Florida Citrus Commission meets in Polk County at 9 to talk about their marketing plans. Staff members for Senator Marco Rubio are meeting with constituents in Calhoun, Sumter, and Franklin counties today. They'll be at the Calhoun County Public Library in Bluntstown at 9, the Villages at 9.30, and at the Margaret Key Library in Apalachicola starting at 2.30. The South Florida Water Management District meets at 10 in the district headquarters at West Palm Beach to discuss regulatory matters. The Triumph Gulf Coast Board, which helps administer the BP settlement money from the Deepwater Horizon disaster, is receiving a legislative update and discussing upcoming projects, including a $3.5 million project codenamed Lionfish. The meeting starts at 10 Central Time at the Bay County Commission Chambers in Panama City. The State Food Safety and Food Defense Advisory Council meets at 10 in Tallahassee. Be honest now, who even knew we had such a thing? Former Florida Congressman John Micah speaks during a meeting of the Flagler Tiger Bay Club. That's at 1130 in Palm Coast. Representatives Matt Wilhite of Royal Palm Beach and Rick Roth of Palm Beach Gardens are hosting a roundtable discussion on railroad safety beginning at 2 at the Palm Beach County Vista Center in West Palm Beach. The Associated Press recently reported that Brightlight, the high-speed rail between Miami and West Palm Beach, is the deadliest train system per mile in America. 
The State Violent Crime and Drug Control Council will hold a conference call at 2. And Donald Trump Jr. and Kentucky Senator Rand Paul are two of the guests at a winter gala hosted by the conservative group Turning Point USA. It starts at 6 at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach. And it's time once again for the never-ending story of Florida Man, the anti-hero of the Sunshine State. A Florida man is locked up after Pasco County deputies say he shot himself in the leg while playing cowboy. At first, 36-year-old Matthew Knopfsinger told him he was in the woods and was shot by someone else. He eventually admitted he accidentally shot himself in the leg with a 22 caliber revolver. He lied because Knopfsinger is a convicted felon and is not allowed to have a gun. Deputies say they also found a wallet in the guy's backpack that contained four credit cards and a personal ID card that did not belong to him. Finally, a Florida man accused of masturbating in front of a young boy in the toy section of a Walmart has surrendered. 19-year-old Elias Allen Arturo Flor turned himself in after Winter Haven police shared his photo online and asked for help identifying him. Police say he masturbated on a woman's back while she was looking at items on the shelves and in her shopping cart. The boy, who was standing beside the cart, told his mom what happened. Flor took off before she spotted him, but the store surveillance cameras captured the whole thing on video. He's charged with battery and committing a lewd act in the presence of a child 16 years or younger. That's it for today's edition of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. <laughs>